Well, I remember the first time that I visited my family in Italy and I saw their kitchen. I, this, their kitchen and the food that they made for our family was at this point pretty legendary. We kept having people come home talking about the meals that our family was making. So on my first trip to go and visit, I was expecting a kitchen that was stocked with every possible ingredient and that was overflowing with abundance. But instead I walked into a room that was truthfully smaller than some of the closets that we have here at CPC. It was a very small room with a very small pantry, hardly any room to store food. And the refrigerator in the corner, it wasn't as small as a college dorm fridge, but it wasn't a lot bigger than that either. And so I was talking with them about how it is that they are preparing these amazing meals for us. And I learned that it is their practice that every morning they wake up and they walk three blocks down the street to their local market where they purchase all of the food that they need just for that day. They know in advance what they're planning to prepare, and so they go and they buy the food just for that day alone. I actually remember the milk that I poured in my cereal was like kind of room temperature, and I was a little like, ooh. And then I was like, oh, it was purchased two hours ago, and it was only purchased for this. That's why. They uh, purchase what they need every single day. And what this does is it allows them to have a posture of renewal when it comes to what they provide for themselves. We are in a series on the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. And we are on verse 11 today. This is on page 1380 in the Pew Bibles, if you would like to open those up. Our verse for today is give us today our daily bread. At its core, this is a verse about God providing for us what we need. And even on the surface, it may even sound like we're just praying for God to fill our pantries as needed. But as we get deeper into this one verse this morning, what we will find is that asking for God's provision is meant to shape us into a posture of worship. Rather than prioritizing the accumulation of more stuff or even praying to God just that he would make our lives easier, when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we are meant to be reminded of who God is and the gospel story that we are a part of. So what's daily bread? What is it that we're talking about when we say that phrase, daily bread? If you're reading in our pew Bibles, I would love for you to circle that phrase. It's okay to write in the pew Bibles. We want them to be studied and used. That phrase, daily bread, is a really interesting one because the word daily is a brand new word in the Bible. It is found only in the Lord's Prayer. It's found nowhere else in the New Testament or in any other ancient Greek writings. And so there's a lot of debate around how we're actually supposed to translate or understand this idea of God's provision being daily. The word is epiousios. Can you say that with me? Epiousios. We're speaking Greek this morning. There are a lot of different ways to translate this idea of God's provision being daily, but at the heart, and I think the best translation of epiousios, this idea of God's daily provision is actually the bread of necessity. The bread of necessity. 
If we implement that translation, then we hear, give us this day the bread of necessity. Give us today the bread that we need. When we look at this shift and really live into that, what it does is it shifts two particular ways that we understand this verse. The first is that it shifts what we expect God to provide for us. And it shifts who gets to decide what we really need. Emily Hamilton last week preached a great message for us. And she shared that in prayer, it's pretty common for us to take a posture of almost like a quarterly check-in with God. We're like, how are we doing on our goals? What progress are we making? What could you fix? How could you really step up? And we have a litany of things that we would like for God to do. But as she shared, what is actually at the heart of scripture, what we are actually called to do as followers of God is to pursue the kingdom of God. So when we pray, give us today the bread of necessity, it echoes that Jesus himself called himself the bread of life. Later in the gospels, he says, I am the bread of life. What this points us to is the idea that God has already given us everything that we need. Our necessity has been met in the everlasting life that God has already given us through his son. We have all we need. It's easy to forget that, but we have all that we need. That necessity has been provided. So then when God shows up to provide us with blessings and to meet our needs on a day-to-day basis, all of this is stacked up grace upon grace that we are receiving. We aren't entitled to it. God is providing it because he loves us after he saves us. Now, Jesus knows that we do have daily needs. Like we do day in and day out have needs, but Later in this chapter that we're studying today, Jesus addresses this fact that we have needs by saying in verse 31, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Your heavenly father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. The priority is to seek Christ, to live within the gospel story, to receive the everlasting life that he has given us, rest in that abundance. And then as we receive blessing from God, as he shows up and provides for us, it turns us back into a posture of worship. In addition to opening ourselves up to the fullness of what God has already provided for us. By praying that God will offer us the bread of necessity, we actually humbly give God the power to decide what we really need. We acknowledge that perhaps he knows our necessities better than we do. And there's a particular story in scripture that Jesus would have known front and back that echoes this idea that God knows what we need better than we do. It's in Exodus chapter 16. You can find the story on page 100 of our pew Bibles if you want to flip there. For the context of this story, God's people had been enslaved in Egypt. 
They were living under such oppression that they were calling out to God, asking for him to free them. And out of his grace and out of his mercy, out of nothing that they did to earn or deserve it, he brings them out of slavery, rescuing them in a miraculous way. And he brings them out into the wilderness. And this is where we meet them in Exodus chapter 16. It says, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. And then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. And then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. God sets up a system of provision with his people that requires daily reliance upon him and God's daily faithfulness to his people. Think about what God doesn't do in this situation. God could have built a whole storehouse of grain for them in the wilderness that they could go to each day to provide for themselves. God could have taught them how to cultivate the wilderness and then they can just garden and plant and get what they need. Or he could have even taught them how to preserve the food that he was giving them so that he didn't have to keep showing up every day. But instead, God makes it rot on purpose so that every day the people have to look back to God and he has to show up for them and be in daily relationship. God promises to show up for them. He shows up in an amazing way. But can we notice something? The Israelites' longing at the beginning of this passage was not for bread to rain down from heaven. The Israelites were actually longing for slavery in Egypt because there they were able to fill their bellies sitting around pots of meat and they could eat all that they wanted. God's answer to their prayer looked nothing like what they had wanted. Uh, The word for that bread from heaven, that bread that falls, um, is manna in scripture. And the way we get that word manna is from this Hebrew phrase, manhu, which actually means like, oh, what's that? (laughs) The Israelites weren't excited about what God had given them when he showed up to provide this manna. Some bread from heaven wasn't what they wanted. They wanted to fill their bellies with what they had before. And yet, God provides in a way that offers them deeper relationship than they could ever have, that keeps them nestled within the gospel story, the redemptive story of God, throughout all of Scripture. And God says, why? At the very end of this passage, it says, Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Daily dependence upon God's provision is meant to remind us of who God is so that we can worship him for it, even if the answers to our prayers look different than what we anticipate. Once we do that work of opening ourselves up to God's provision over our own, we are called into a daily discipline of trusting 
of trusting God to provide. And I think a lot of things can get in the way of us truly trusting God for our daily provision. Truthfully, I think one of the biggest impediments to our praying for provision is our smartphones. Um, I have an Amazon app, an Instacart app, and a Target app that pretty much allow me to get generally what I want or need when I want or need it, and it can even be delivered right to my home. (laughs) And so when we are able to acquire things so quickly and be that specific, it can be hard to know why to turn in prayer to God. We've been enculturated to really be specific about what it is that we desire. Google put out an ad last year that showed a woman walking down the street and she sees someone wearing an orange puffer jacket. And so she types into her phone, shop orange puffer jackets, and a door appears. So she walks through the door and hanging above her is a sea of puffer jackets. (laughs) And she walks forward and she hits a button that says downfill and all of them change to be just downfill. And then there's a palette of colors off to the side and she hits orange and all of them become orange. And as she gets more and more specific, she finally narrows it down to the exact one that she wants at the price she wants when she wants it. And Google is encouraging us to live this same way. The problem is if we get this specific, it is very possible that God may show up in a way that we aren't anticipating. And I actually think that that is the next impediment to our prayer. Not only can we generally acquire what we want when we want it, but if we invite God into our prayers for provision, God may offer us something different than what we really want. I was talking with someone earlier this week who said that she can sometimes experience what feels like almost spiritual avoidance. Like, God, I will let you be in this part of my life, but when it comes to this stuff over here, please just let me manage it. I would really rather prefer to keep this area all to myself, and I can just handle it on my own. Derwin Gray, who wrote the book that is framing this sermon series, put it this way. He said, when we dislodge ourselves from God's story, we ask God to fit into our story. Our story would read, seek first an SUV, a nice house in the suburbs, or a dope condo in a gentrified urban area, designer clothes, financial security, and all the food we like. There may be some tweaks or some nuances to what that story is, but this is generally the story that we are told to pursue. The trouble is that the gospel story If we accept the gospel to be the thing that shapes us, it may or may not align well with that particular story. So it becomes uncomfortable when we open ourselves up to prayers for provision, knowing that God may answer them in a way that contradicts these hungers and desires that we otherwise have. The last thing that I think can really impede our ability to turn to God and pray is if you are someone who is sitting with a prayer that has not yet been answered or hasn't been answered, it may feel like, well, God doesn't hear me, so why would I ask him to help me? Um, Or my need is too big for God to be able to answer, or I prayed before and he didn't show up, so why would I pray now? These not yet answered prayers or these prayers that are answered with a no are really hard for us to make sense of in the midst of continuing to pursue our faith. 
This isn't something that is easy to reconcile. And yet, as I was sitting in Exodus 16 this week, it really struck me that the Israelites who were wandering and who were calling out to God, what they were wanting was freedom from the wilderness. They may have been saying, we want our bellies to be full. We want to go back to Egypt. We want all of these things. But actually, the whole reason they were in the wilderness was because God had given them this vision of the promised land that was laying ahead of them. He had spoken to Moses that he was going to lead Moses and his people into this broad and vast land that was flowing with milk and honey, where they would be protected and cared for and filled. That's what they really wanted. The promised land was what they were longing for. And yet for these Israelites, for this group that's walking through this, this promise would largely go not answered or not yet answered. It took multiple generations of wandering in the wilderness before God's people would enter the promised land. So God hears these prayers for filling their bellies, for longing for the wilderness, and he shows up. He provides manna, he provides quail, but there are big, big prayers that go unanswered for them. And the reason is that this group is participating in the story of God in a way that they simply can't see. They had to be there. They couldn't quite make sense of why, but they had to be there. And in them being there, God was able to accomplish his purposes for them. I am not saying this to silver lining any pain that you have or any prayers that have gone unanswered. And yet, the Israelites who are sitting there, who are having their bellies filled by something different than what they asked for, who are wondering when they would be freed from the wilderness, by opening up their eyes, they got to see the glory of the Lord on display in the midst of not yet answered prayers or not answered prayers, the glory of the Lord can still be at work. If there are no's that you're experiencing, there could still be yeses that are happening and you don't wanna miss out on them. So our encouragement this morning, and this is a challenge actually for all of us, no matter where you're at in your prayer life, is for us to be open to how God is indeed at work for how God is providing for us rather than relying on our own will, rather than relying on our own solutions and our own plans. How is God meeting you right where you are to provide for you this bread of necessity? When we recognize the grace that we have already received and the ways that God is showing up, we are then called to turn back in worship of him. This verse has been transformative for my prayer life over the last three years. It was a little under three years ago that we had my second daughter. And I remember it was around four months or so after she had been born, that she was waking up constantly in the middle of the night. And I had gone back to work and I remember it felt like my husband and I hadn't slept in those four months. We were completely exhausted and depleted. And I remember in the middle of the night, there was this moment where I was sitting on my bed feeling like, I don't know how I'm going to do right now, let alone I don't know how I'm going to do tomorrow. And in that moment, this verse just came to me, give us this day our daily bread. It wasn't the whole Lord's Prayer, just this verse, give us this day our daily bread. I remember thinking, what a curious prayer. (laughs) What a curious line to have come to me. And then I thought, that actually does it. I'm just gonna hold out this prayer 
because I can't even begin to list the litany of things that I actually need. I don't even know all that I need, but what I can trust is just like, God, take this. Take this exhaustion, take this pain, take the, take everything, just take it and Lord provide in the ways that only you can. The next day, throughout the day, I remember just having moments where I was smiling to myself because I thought, this is strange. How am I showing up in this moment? And it wasn't like, you know, I wasn't like, you know, chipper and upbeat or anything. <laughs> but God gently provided for me in the midst of that through encouragement, through good conversations, through some rest, through some good coffee. God was providing all along the way and I saw his hand at work. And this has become one of those prayers that I continue to circle back to now, even when I'm praying with others. And I simply don't know how to pray for what exactly they need. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us today the bread we need, Lord. We are invited into a creative opening of our needs before God. When we get in control of deciding what exactly we need, our options can become really, really limited. We can get closed in. But we are invited to open ourselves up to the creative possibilities of what God can provide daily for us and to submit to that, to open our will to his will so that he can be the one to provide. Over the next few minutes, I'm gonna invite us into some reflective prayer time. During this time, you can close your eyes, you can open your hands, you can do whatever is most comfortable for you. But I want you to take a moment and consider which relationship or which situation comes to mind fastest for you when you start praying. What is the thing that is rising to the surface for you in your prayer life? And I want you to take a moment and just pray to God that he would be at work in that. God wants to hear from us. You can even share how you would like for him to be reconciling. Take a minute and just pray. Pray over that situation.